Well, once again, welcome to Hope DXB. I'm super excited. I'm super excited for all that God's been doing in our lives. I'm super excited that we as a church get to experience the goodness of God every single day because that's our identity. That's what we are called to experience because of sons and daughters of the living God. We are called to experience the goodness of the Lord every single day. You know, and I'm so thankful also that the months are going by really fast. Jan is finished. We're on the 6th of Feb. And now in 10 months, we'll be saying Merry Christmas. In 10 months, we'll be saying Merry Christmas. 10 months? 11. 10 months, right? 11? Sorry. I'm just too excited, yes. Today we're beginning, uh, this month we're beginning a new series called Generous Living. Ouch, is he going to talk about money? Oh, come on. Listen. Yes, I am going to talk about money. I am going to talk about money. You know, it's an area, it's an area that I've struggled with just as much as you struggle with trying to figure out should I give, shouldn't I give? Am I giving too much? Is it better to give nothing at all? Is it better to give less? As much as you are over here right now and some of you are struggling with this, uh, quite a few things in your mind, I've struggled with it. I've struggled with a lot of uh, a lot of things concerning money when it comes to the church. I've struggled with a lot of things concerning giving when it comes to the church. But I've experienced breakthrough and victory in that area. And that's been an area from which God has really grown my faith and trusting Him fully when I have and when I don't have, knowing that ultimately He is my provider. And because I've experienced breakthrough and victory in those areas, as your pastor, I believe, as your pastor, I believe that it's not just something, it's not just something that I want to talk about into your life. Because of the breakthrough and victory I've experienced in my life, I want to believe the same for you and your family and your household. Many of us struggle with this. Many of us struggle with this topic, not just us over here, but Christians worldwide. They struggle with this topic of giving. You know, but my message today is called, It's in your hand. It's in your hand. What is in your hand? The blessing is in your hand. The blessing of God is in your hand. And the blessing of God is not just, the blessing of God is not just given to be limited to your hand. The blessing of God is given to you to be released and to be given out. Now you may be sitting over here in a place, you may be sitting over here in the, in, in, and, and might be thinking, I don't have anything in my hand. That's the difference about the kingdom of God. You don't have to have anything in order to be blessed. God calls you blessed whether you have or you don't have. Many a times what we think we don't, many a times what we feel we don't have is the lie of the enemy because you have a lot more than you think you do. Which is why the blessing is in your hand. Let me, let me just lighten this up a bit. You know, everyone's, you know, got these serious faces on. And everyone's like, oh, we're going down this route the whole of this month. Listen, I'm going to make it as fun as possible, okay? I love to have fun. There were these three pastors. There were these three pastors uh, discussing how they use the money in their collection plates, in the offering. There were these three pastors discussing how they use the money in the offering. One pastor said, see, this is the strategy I take. 
I draw a really nice big circle. I throw the money up. And whatever falls in the circle is mine. Whatever falls, in the, whatever falls outside the circle is God's. The second pastor said, hey, I follow something similar. I throw up the money in the air. Only difference is I throw up the money in the air and whatever falls in the circle is God's. Whatever falls outside the circle is mine. And the third pastor said, I really like what you do, do, what both of you do, but I do it completely different. I throw up the money and I tell God to keep whatever he wants and whatever comes back down is mine. <laughs> you want another one? <laughs> yeah. Again, three kids, okay, three kids were discussing how good their fathers are. First kid said, you know, my father is so cool. He scribbles a couple of lines on a piece of paper and he calls it poetry, and he gets a lot of money for it. I was like, that's good, but my dad is better than your dad. You know, you have kids nowadays, yeah? I mean, it's, it's oh, my dad does this, my dad does this, my dad, oh, my dad says he's, uh, he's Superman, my dad says he's, oh. listen, dads, be careful what you tell your kids, yeah? The second kid said, that's nice, but my dad, he's, just scribbles, you know, a couple of things on a piece of paper. He calls it a song, and he gets paid way more money. Record, you know, record labels are after him. He gets paid way more than money. He gets paid way more, you know, than probably your dad gets. The third guy said, listen, my dad is way better than both of your fathers. No offense. My dad is way better than both of your fathers. He scribbles a couple of things on a piece of paper. He calls it a sermon. And he has five to eight people, he has five to eight people going around and collecting money in bags. I'm not that father, okay? I'm not that father. But listen, listen, listen. What God has given you is, is not for you to hold back. And try, to, and try to figure out as to how you're going to make ends meet, how to, make, uh, how to make it for the rest of your life. What God has given you is for you to enjoy. And you enjoy even more when you're able to release it through a blessing with what God has given you. How many of you are familiar with the story of the five loaves and two fish? You remember that story, right, where the little boy, I mean, you know, uh, where Jesus takes the little boy's lunch of five loaves and two fish. Now, just to paraphrase that story for a bit, you know, they're having this big meeting. There were 5,000 people out there in this gathering. It's not a half an hour gathering. It's not a one hour gathering. They were, they were there around for a good amount of time. And then suddenly the disciples figure out that, Jesus, uh, we've been here for quite a while, and the people are starting to feel hungry. We need to do something about it. We really need to do something about it. And so Jesus tells the disciples, you know, this is what I love about Jesus. He works with people and he allows the miracle to take place through people. You know, so he tells the disciples, yeah, come on, you identify the need, now go and provide. And there's this kid, there's this kid whose mom packed 
these five loaves and two fish. You know, he knows he's going to be there for a while. He probably had no clue of, of what, what, would, what were some of the things that Jesus would have been speaking about. But because of his love for Jesus, because of, of, of him wanting to be there while Jesus was speaking, you know, he just made up, he, he just decided that he was going to go. And so his mom packed up his lunch and gave him this food. And now this child is probably aware that there's no food. The disciples are going around trying to figure out what to do. And he's thinking to himself, man, I just got this. It's probably just enough for me for my lunch. And it's not much. But I still have something. I still have something. Other people don't have anything. And because I have something, if it helps, I want to give. I want to give. And he gives his five loaves and two fish to the disciples. And we all know what happened then, right? We all know the story. What we need to understand is that little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. If the boy had one fish and two loaves of bread, would it have been a different outcome? No. The outcome would have been the same even if it was a breadcrumb and a fish fin. Somebody say amen to that. Because we need to understand and we need to realize in order for you to understand that the blessing is in your hand, you need to be willing to let go. As long as you hold on to what you feel as long as you hold on to what you are blessed with, you feel you are the owner of it. But I've got good news for you. None of us own whatever we have. It has all been given to us by God. You can say, no, I went and I bought this for myself. True. Because God provided you with the means to do that. You can say, no, I went and bought my car. I went and bought my house. I went and bought this and I bought that, but God provided you with the means to do it because of God's love for you to not go hungry, to not go dry, to not go empty, but for you to have a life of abundance. Abundant life is not a life having all, you know, having a, having a life of abundance is not having the kind of life that we shouldn't be thinking of having. Now, I'm not against riches. I'm not against people doing very well in life. I pray that some of the, some of the richest people in the world, the millionaires and the billionaires, would be people from church. Would be people from church. But I'm not saying that, you know, that's what we need to pursue after. An abundant life is one who understands that they've got God They've got God by their side. They've got God going before them, behind them, and around them. And they also understand that if God is all that we have, we've got all that we need. That's an abundant life. It's not in your checkbook. It's not in your bank account. It's you understanding that you have God, and that's all that you need. You know, that's the principle at work when we talk about generosity in the church. In the same way Jesus took what the boy had and increased it, God, multipl God multiplies our giving when we offer it in surrender and faith. 
It has nothing to do with how much money we, it has nothing to do with how much money we bring. That, but, but, but just this one thing, we're willing to place it all in the hands of Jesus. This afternoon, let me say this very honestly, as a person who's been there and done that, as a person who's seen what it is to struggle, but because of fully trusting God and experiencing the grace of God and provision from God, as a person who has as well. You might be thinking this afternoon, man, I only put two dirhams or one dirham or even 50 fills or even 25 fills in that offering bag. Do not be discouraged. It's not the amount that matters. It's the spirit with which you give. It's the spirit with which you give. Today, that 25 fills is probably what you put in that bag. But tomorrow, that 25 fills will probably be 25,000. Somebody say amen if you want to claim that. Amen. I claim it for myself. To, to tomorrow, that 25 fills will probably be 25,000. It's not about what you put in. It's with the, 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 the attitude you put it in with. The spirit, like I said, little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. You know, when, when Paul starts his conversation about generosity in 2 Corinthians 9, he doesn't start with the need that God has. God doesn't have a need. Okay? When Paul has this conversation in 2 Corinthians 9, he doesn't start with the need that God has, but with the grace that God wants to give each and every one of us. God is not short on money. How do I know? Because I used to sing growing up. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the Awesome. So good. God does not need your money. He's got enough to give you. He's got, he's the God who's, who did, he's not your, he's not your enough. He is your more than enough. He's your more than enough. You know, he's not short on money, but the, but the giving by his people, the giving by his people is the means by which he pursues his mission on the earth. Let me say that again. God is not short on money, but the giving, the, but the giving by his people is the means by which he pursues his mission on earth and releases his abundance. That's how grace, that's how God multiplies grace in our lives. Second Corinthians verses nine, chapter nine, verses 10 to 11, it says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. What does Paul mean when he says in every way? Does he mean that God will increase us financially? Yes, that's included in the word every. It is included in the word every. It's a promise that is repeated throughout scripture. It's a promise that's repeated in scripture. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your wats will brim over with new wine. You know, Paul doesn't mean that this is just an investment program. Okay, listen, let me tell you something. 
giving into the kingdom of God is not an, is not an investment program. Even if you don't give, like I said in the very beginning, you are already blessed. It's a program, it, 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 it's a principle, it's not a program, it's a principle that breaks the idol, it, it's a principle that breaks the ideology behind every investment program. Because every other investment program says you give and you'll either get back more or the market will crash and you wait for another four or five years to see it go back up. But with the kingdom of God, you give or you don't give. I'm not encouraging you not to give, okay? I want you to understand that what you may think that I don't have, you actually have a lot more than you think you do. All of us over here have something. You are not able to give your 10%. The Bible requires us, it's a, it, you know, the, the Bible says, give your 10 to God. If you're not in a position to do that, that shouldn't stop you from coming to church. Start with 1%, start with 2%, start with 3%, start with 5%, and, and build it up, build it up till you come to the 10%. Build it up. But I really believe that there's no person sitting over here who's in a place who doesn't have we all have something because God has put something, God has put something amazing on the inside of us. God has given each and every person a gift. If you don't have, I'm believing with you the whole of this month as we do this series on generous living, that by the end of this month, probably even before the end of this month, you will see breakthrough in your life you will see breakthrough in your life more than you've ever seen. What you're probably desiring to see in the next three or four or six or eight months, I pray that God would do it now in the name of Jesus. Now, I, I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm, this is not prosperity gospel, okay? I'm not telling you to give and you'll be blessed. Okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna do any of that. If you're blessed and if you see victory and breakthrough, we rejoice with God. We rejoice in God with you for what he has done. Okay? I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to ask you how much are you earning, what you're doing, what, you know, how you're spending your money. All that I want to do is help you to understand that we don't own anything. Whatever is given to us is given by God. And whatever is given by God we don't have to hold on to it, but the more we release in order for it to be a blessing for others, the more happy and joyful we will be in our lives. Can God provide for you in you giving to somebody else? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. But I want you to, I want you to take a step of faith in this area and trust God completely completely because it says then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your wax will brim over with new wine the image of sowing over here is really an, is, is a really illuminating one you know what we harvest in sowing often looks quite different than what we planted what do i mean and i'm going to say this i'm not saying this prophetically but i'm going to i'm going to say this uh as the desire that I have that would happen for someone over here. What you sow is completely different from what you harvest. 
You might, have put, you might have put five drums in that offering back today. But I'm fully convinced and I fully believe that God can bless you with 50,000 tomorrow. I'm fully convinced that God can bless you with 50,000 tomorrow, 100,000 tomorrow. Now, I'm not saying that Pastor Clinton said, if I put five drums today, I have to get, I have to get 50,000 tomorrow. And then you leave over here and you have a sleepless night and you wait for 50,000 tomorrow, it doesn't come. And then next Sunday you come back and you blame me. You said, no, no, no. I said, I am fully convinced that God, the God who I serve, is more than able to surprise you and blow your mind to give you back more than what you put in. That's who God is. And over this, over this month, I will share stories of our personal life that I've shared before, but I will share it again to encourage you. I'm not someone special. I mean, I'm God's favorite. But also, let me say that, I'm God's favorite. I believe I'm God's favorite. If you believe that you are God's favorite, you know, it changes your perspective on a lot of things. But I not only believe that I'm God's favorite, I believe that all of us are God's favorite. Okay, because God, has, God is not partial. God is not partial. But I also believe that if God did it for me, he wants to do it for each and every one of you over here. Just simply because it's in your hand. The blessing is in your hand. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's in your hand. It is in your hand. You know, like I said, what, what we harvest in sowing looks different. What we often harvest in sowing looks pretty much, looks quite different from what we planted. Have you seen a peach seed? How many of you have, peach seed, have seen a peach seed? It looks like a rat's brain. <laughs> now don't ask me if I've seen a rat's brain. I've seen a rat's brain. If you've grown up and you've experienced life from where I've come from, oh, listen, I didn't, I didn't stay in the sewers, okay? Oh, listen, by, by the way, there are rats in Dubai also, okay? There are rats in Dubai also. But if you're, before marriage, if you are as aggressive as, as me, not believing in the mousetrap, not believing, believing just in the broom and believing in something hard to, no violence, no violence. So yeah, I've seen a rat's brain. But when you look at a peach seed, it, look, it looks like a rat's brain. Okay, it looks like a rat's brain. It's really ugly. It's really ugly. It's something you would never want to eat. But from it comes a tree with luscious fruits. From it comes a tree with luscious fruits. Just by looking at the seed doesn't stop you from going to purchase more peaches. Am I saying something? Just by looking at the seed, which looks like a rat brain, it doesn't stop you from going and purchasing peaches from the market or the grocery. Money is like a seed you plant. Money is like a seed you plant that harvests in multiple fruits much better than itself. Money is like a seed you plant that harvests itself. Money is like a seed that you plant that harvests in multiple fruits much better than itself. What are some of these things? Very quickly. Giving produces greater contentment. Giving produces greater contentment. Many have said that the secret to a happy life is not having all you want, but wanting what you have. Not having, what, not, not having all you want, but wanting what you have. What do I mean by that? Being able to enjoy what you have. Not having the idea, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. I just purchased this today. 
tomorrow I'm going to go and I'm going to purchase something else. I'm not going to be able to enjoy that. No, enjoying what you have. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. Each and every one over here has been given something. Look after it well. Enjoy it. Master it. Take good care of it. Because when you show God that you have been a good steward in that area, He entrusts you with much more. You've looked, you, you've, looked, you, you've looked after a blessing that God has given you. It could be a lottery. That's great. You've been wise. You've looked after it well. You've not gone out and blown it. God will give you a lottery again. God will cause you to win the lottery again. If God's given you a lottery for a million and you've looked after it well, God is more than able to give you a lottery for 10 million. Now, I'm not asking you to go and put your tickets and get a lottery tickets, okay? I'm just saying these as, as examples. Look after what God has given you well. 1 Timothy 6, 6, 6 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your wats will brim over. Sorry, that's the wrong verse. 1 Timothy 6, 6. Sorry, I made a mistake. 1 Timothy 6, 6 is godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness, sorry, that's my bad. Put out the wrong verse over there in my, in my, in my notes. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for what God has given you. Now, God doesn't want you to enjoy that for the next 10, 15 years. God is a God of variety. God is a God who, give, who gives good gifts. He wants, he's aware, he's aware of the world that we live in. He's aware of the desires that we have. And he wants to meet all of those desires. But first, look after what he's given you well and be joyful with that. The second is, giving increases your love for the kingdom of God. Giving increases your love for the kingdom of God. The Bible says in Matthew 6, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want to say this. If you are giving to the kingdom of God, if you are blessing the church, if you are blessing people who God has placed in your life because of where you are putting your money, you will fall in love with the kingdom of God all the more. Where you put your money, wherever you put your money, you will appreciate it. If you put your money, listen, let, let, let me say this. If you put your money in something that crashes, you'll be like, oh, I made a mistake. But if you put your money, you sow your money in the kingdom of God, you will never be let down. You will never be let down. And it's not about giving money to the kingdom of God. It's when you give money, when you, in, when you are investing your hard-earned money, understanding fully that it's not your own, but it's a blessing. Whatever I have belongs to God, and God has entrusted this to me. I want to give it back to the kingdom because I realize one thing that 
the blessing is in my hand. And if God has blessed me, I'm going to enjoy it for sure. But I also have to give this blessing so that other people can be blessed. And so when I, when I give from what I receive from God and I put it to a place that I believe will bring about great fruits, I will love that place all the more. If I'm giving to the kingdom of God, I will love the kingdom of God all the more. Giving clarifies your purpose. Giving clarifies your purpose. You know, I spoke to someone a while ago, many years ago, who kept saying that, you know, I'm just saving, 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 saving for my kids. I'm not able to enjoy my money. I'm not able to do anything. I'm just saving, saving, saving. It's good to invest for your kids. It's good to invest in your children's future. But God doesn't see at the cost of you not enjoying what he's blessed you with. And when he finally understood that, when he finally understood that and he started to give sacrificially, did he begin, when, when he started to understand that and he started giving sacrificially, only then he began to discover a real sense of purpose and legacy in his life. Giving clarifies your purpose. And lastly, giving produces a more loving heart. Giving produces a more loving heart. Stinginess shrinks your heart. It breeds isolation. Because when you are, please bear with me for a couple of more minutes, when you are surrounded by people who are like-minded, who are Christ-minded, and they're talking about the benefits of, of being, being a blessing to the church, being a blessing to people, blessing others with what God has given them, and they're going on talking about blessing, 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 you, you by, 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 by being in a place where you're saying that what I have is mine, what I have belongs to me, it causes you to isolate yourself because you don't want to be people, you don't want to be with people who understand that what they have is not theirs, but it's given by God and it has to be given further. You don't want to be with that group of people, so it causes you to isolate yourself because you have this understanding that what I have is mine. I break that today in the name of Jesus. I break it. It causes you to isolate because you don't want to be surrounded. You don't want to be surrounded and, and, and part of an environment that is a blessing and that's preventing you from receiving your blessing. Giving produces a more loving heart. Giving opens you up and an open heart is, 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 is a much happier heart. Most of us think generosity is something God wants from us. But according to Paul, it is something he wants for us. It is something he wants for us. You know, you end up becoming, you end up being like the boy who gave the five loaves and two fish. After all was said and done, they collected 12 baskets. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure because of what he gave, this is me saying it now, but I'm pretty sure because of what he gave, there were 12 baskets, he got to take one basket home. I'm pretty sure you got to take one basket home. You think the disciples would have left him like that? Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Because of you, we were able to perform this miracle. Obviously, Jesus is there. He, the miracle comes from him, but you made it happen. Take this basket and have a feast. Take this basket and have a feast. Imagine him walking back to his house. He had left his house with five loaves and two fish. And he goes back with his basket full. You know, when we are worried about what we will have to give up, when we are worried about what we will have to give up, 
we need to think instead about what God wants us to gain through generous giving. Let me say that again. When we are worried about what we have to give up, we need to think again instead of what God wants us to gain through generous giving. You know, I want to say, I want to say this. Throughout this month, we're going to be talking about generous living. God wants each one of us to live generously. God doesn't want us to survive. He's not called us to survive. He's called us to thrive. He's called each and every one of us to thrive. God's not called us to just meet, you know, to meet ends, to make, to make, the God, sorry, God's not just called us to make ends meet. God is a God who gives you hope and a future, and within that, everything else is taken care of for you and for your family. Everything else is taken care of. He's the God of more than enough. He's the God of more than enough. What are you desiring for today? What are some of the things you're desiring for? A breakthrough in business? A job? A job? Listen, I'm telling you, last year, during the pandemic, we saw people getting jobs like this. In this church, in this community, we saw people getting jobs like this. When outside, people were struggling. I believe God's going to make it happen again. Something is preventing and blocking your money from coming through people. You've given your hard work, your toil, your sweat to some place, to an organization, and they haven't repaid you back for what you've done. It's going to be, this is your time. This is your breakthrough time. This is your, this is your breakthrough moment. This is your time for victory. Enough is enough. You heard some news you're not able to pay. God will provide you with what you need. God will provide you with what you need. A job, a business deal, breakthrough in finances. I believe the God who I serve, who all of us serve, is more than able to do this and much, 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 much more. My hand was painting, sorry. Before I close, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a blessing. I'm going to probably break some things that need to be broken in the spirit. I just want everyone to just put out your hands because I said the blessing is in your hand. It's in your hand. Father God, I thank you, Father God, today in the name of Jesus, even as we put out our hands. I thank you for the blessing that you have put in all of these hands present over here in this hall. I thank you, Father God, for the great gifts that you've given each and every one of us. I thank you, Lord, that you're the God of more than enough. And today, Lord, I speak breakthrough and victory into every life in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, for supernatural provision from unexpected places in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, that you will provide for every person's home, for every person's life, for every person's family, financially, and we pray and we declare that you would provide so much more because you are the God who's not only the God of more than enough, but because you are the God who's so mindful of every family. I pray that we would be good stewards and look after what you've given us well. I pray, Father God, with what you've given us, we would be a blessing. You have called us to not 
enjoy what, you, you've not called us to just enjoy what you've given us, God. But Lord, more than that, you're calling us to be a blessing. And if we understand that the blessing is in, is in our hands, I pray that every person in this church, in this community, will be a blessing wherever they go. To this church, to people outside this church. I just break, Father God, I just break every, 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 every wrong mindset. I break down every wall. I break down anything and everything that is not of you from preventing them to receive that job, receive that breakthrough in their business, receive that money that is due to them, receive whatever they need. I break into the name of Jesus. And today, Lord, we declare breakthrough and victory over our finances, over our household, over everything that you've entrusted to us. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. And I also pray that each and every one of us would have a phenomenal week. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a hand. Give God a hand.